hope everyone's having an awesome holidays uh, this week. Uh, I know Thanksgiving just happened and we're actually releasing this episode on Black Friday, which to let everyone know, I'm kind of happy that we're doing a lot of the Black Friday shopping deals a full week ahead of the actual Black Friday event. Um, and maybe that may be because of COVID or maybe because a lot of shopping centers are just done people riding through their aisles and stuff like that. So, well, and to be fair, there's probably not a lot in the aisles right now, at least, uh, at least where you and I live at, just cause everything's stuck in the Fukin Harbor out there. There's like <laughs> over 60 freighters out there just lined to the hilt with containers full of shit, but stuck out in the Harbor. Jesus. That could be it too. Then, then again, I don't, um, I want I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was like a Best Buy or something like that, where they're just like stacked full of TVs, like just everywhere I, every aisle I went, there was a TV. I'm like, okay, I get it, man. You want me to buy a TV? But holy shit! <laughs> yeah, but what are the I mean, prices of them? That's the other other thing because we were kind of contemplating getting a new TV as well, like a one for our bedroom, you know, because we don't right. have a TV in the bedroom. And the kids suck up the other one we got, even though they have each have a small TV in their room. Hmm. But that's not where the PlayStation's at. The PlayStation's on the big TV, so that's where they go. <laughs> well, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, do enhanced play, right? You got to use the big TV. I guess, yeah, that's what <laughs> they want. So I'm like, man, maybe I should take the old PS4 and get a newer TV and drop it in my room. Yeah. It could be it. I mean, that's pretty much what I do with my PS4 is uh, if I'm not playing video games, which I don't know if they still actually crank out games for PS4 anymore. I just use it for like my streams and uh, relive like the old games and stuff. Like I still play God of War for whatever reason. Like even if I already maxed out the map, I'll just restart. Like, All right, let's try to go through a speed run or something. Yes, yeah, do a speed run. Yeah, I do the same thing. Or I'll be like, All right, I didn't really complete that at a hundred percent. So this time around, I'm going to go back through and try to do every yeah. little puzzle com- to completion, you know, or whatever else. Right. It's trophy hunting at that point. See how yeah, fast collectibles and, how and trophy hunting. That's it. So I thought about doing that as well. And, but then I'm like, man, do I need more shit? Do I need to spend more time playing? Do I need, to, you know, should I, should I be doing stuff around my house? And the answer is yes. My backyard. I hate, I hate going back there. The dogs have like killed my sprinkler system. Half the yard turned to dirt. Oh. Uh, and I hate it. I hate being there. <laughs> <laughs> I should really invest some time into fixing that up, but I, I just don't want to. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Like that's kind of like with me with, I have a, I have a couple of neighbors where their sprinklers overshoot their backyard. So it comes into mine. <laughs> And that's the only water your backyard gets. <laughs> <laughs> right? The first time they did it, I'm like, is it raining? Like, it's freaking raining. But it's only in one spot. Like, what the hell? And then I go outside and it's like, it's come from one end and it stops. And then it comes from another end and then it stops. Like, what the hell is going on? And it, I don't know why it didn't click right away, but <laughs> it took me a good minute to figure out that it was a sprinkler system. Like, Jesus Christ, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So with that, right, um, most people who are traveling and going to visit families, that's probably one of the top things that they don't want to do is do work. I don't know if anyone else's family is like this, but whenever you show up for the holidays, that's like 
green light for them to start putting you to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's very much how it is for, for our family. But when I go, well, so where my mom lives is in the middle of the woods. So there's always something to do there. And then where my dad's at is on a farm. So, but yeah, it's always one of those, like you make plans, you say, Hey, I'm coming home at this time. I'm going to be home for four days. And they're like, Oh, how about that? Let me dust off this list real quick. Side <laughs> projects that I got going on here that right. I could use. <laughs> they got one of those like uh shoulder yokes, you know, they, they normally would put on horses or whatnot and then just have you like pull up, uh, do all kinds of dumb labor. It's like at least put a feed sack on me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's, that's what it is. Right. So like, like for Thanksgiving, right. Which is coming up, coming up this, this coming week here. And, mm-hmm. and so most people fly home. If they don't take the whole week off, they fly home on Wednesday, Thanksgiving, Thursday. So then you're like, Oh, you know, you get home, you wake up the next morning and it's nothing but good foods and, and engorging yourself all day and BSing with family that you haven't seen in a while, whatever else. But then Friday hits and it's like, all right, now it's time to work. <laughs> gotta, well, you got to work off that holiday food, but I don't want to. I want to be a little, <laughs> little gordito, you know, <laughs> but I don't want to, <laughs> but I don't, don't want to. <laughs> right. So, so with that, with traveling, uh, holiday travel, especially is. Let's say uh, challenging, <laughs> let's call it challenging. Challenging um, to say the least. Yeah. And especially this year in particular with everything that happened with COVID and everything that happened with shutdowns and, and layoffs and reopens and all kinds of stuff. And some of the stuff we mentioned in our previous episodes, like what are some of the challenges a lot of airline companies are having to face? So they still have yet to completely figure all that out. And then here we roll into the holidays where it's like their peak season to do stuff. And now we're like, well, uh, Ooh, how do we do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, when you're expecting everything to turn on slowly and then, Oh, by the way, giant rush. Like, oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I know I've flown home for a holidays a whole whole bunch over the years and whatever else. And it's always kind of, you know, this is obviously before pandemic times, but uh, I know it was always packed to the brim full of people. The airports were ridiculous with people in there. And I assume now that it'll probably start getting that way again, especially this year. Right. This is now it's got everybody's got their their. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have their their vaccine shot or whatever else they got their little card and now they're going to be flooding the airports to go see family, this and that, mm-hmm. um, and the, you know, this year, but, but then somebody brought up a good point the other day. They're like, well, but just because you have the vaccine, you can still get it. And you're going, well, okay. Right. But do I still have to wear the mask? Yeah. You still have to wear the mask. And also because you can still get it. Do you really want to travel home and see grandma and get her sick? Too, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. So it could go either way. I can either see it being the airports being uber crowded or still more of a ghost town just because, you know, people are still afraid to travel. Right. I I think we're seeing a good mix of both, um, at least in certain airports. I mean, and um, uh, there's one article coming out by the government account accountability office 
it's talking exactly like that. Like, what what would you expect if you roll into an airport and you know for your holiday travel? Um, some I would say some places are more packed than others, and uh, well, as they normally are. And then, how do I say? They're still working through the problems of having to start everything back up again. So, what you would typically would encounter on a normal pre-pandemic day with delays and weather and and um, mechanical problems. Now let's tack on that we're shorthanded and these planes probably haven't flown in almost a year. So we're having delays on top of delays and then, oh, by the way, weather and whatever else. Well, yeah, if a plane's been sitting for a year, the minute you go to spool everything up and do whatever, assuming they didn't cannibalize or not cannibalize, but uh, mothball the engines and and other systems on the vehicle, it's going to shake out a bunch of bunch of red warnings or yellow warnings or whatever, whatever warnings, but shake those out in the first taxi or takeoff and land. Right. I wonder, like, uh, if certain airlines, like, if a plane has been out of service for so long, like, um, for or for commercial anyway, if that's, like, your only plane, if they're just going to give it a quick once around, like, burn a lap before they start uh, putting passengers on it, or, like, they, they just do, like, a very detailed engine burn and then, you know, call it good? I'm not sure. Well, I guess it depends on to the extent of which they mothballed it, or if they said okay due to shorthandedness we're going to sit these out here at this remote airport and they're going to sit stagnant with and we're going to we're going to mel and push off all all required inspections because we don't have the bodies to deal with it right now okay all right things are opening back up but we still have the same amount of bodies but we still have to do an annual and we got to do uh engine burn down you know rates and we got to do uh you know lavatory systems checks and make sure there's no leaks and we got to make sure the potable water system's still good and doesn't have bacteria or whatever growing with inside of it you know whatever tests they got to do for that and we got to i i assume there's probably quite a few things they got to do oh and the nav systems right you have your charts that you have to update every 30 days oh yeah. so they have to go through and update those um yeah it's quite a bit of stuff yeah and they're doing all this with minimal personnel so like nowadays they're probably like just i it's funny, like when um, you see convenience stores or any any type of store, they have like holiday hires where they just like pull people in just for the season. Yeah, um, seasonal help. Yeah, they 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 should totally do that right now for um like a lot of airline companies. I mean, to to an extent, okay, I I admit this to an extent because I'm not gonna let just some random Joe like turn wrenches on a plane and he not know what the hell he's doing. But um, no, but you could have him out there doing like pulling the pulling the carts around or something i don't know or, or doing uh doing sampling tests on on your water system or your lab system actually that'd be the great job to give the seasonal hey man go service that lab real quick <laughs> 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 this is the worst job ever yes I, yes i hate is. this yes yes welcome <laughs> now imagine this all the time <laughs> yeah now do this several times a day every day for a year but I don't want a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And, you know, I, I think I've seen, um, like when we were traveling through Mexico, I saw where like the person working the gate, then as soon as they were done 
done at the gate and people were on board, they ran down the jetway and down the stairs to the ramp and helped throw bags on the plane and then drove the luggage cart. And, you know, after everything was loaded up and cleaned up and the plane was about to push back, um, they drove the luggage cart over to the next area to be loaded up from a plane that just landed. So it's kind of like, oh, uh, really are shorthanded, you know? And then yeah. you see them park the, tug, the 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 luggage cart and then they run back upstairs to the next gate. Like, holy cow. Yeah. So I can imagine all this. And then uh, a lot of airlines lately, they've had to been, I'm sorry, they had to cancel close to 60% of their flights for like consecutively. That's a sign, right? Not going to say which airlines, but a good number of them have been having to cancel flights. And for the most part, they're slowly figuring it out just because like things are starting to get back into the groove. You know, we're shaking off the dust from days, months, weeks of just sitting there doing nothing. And we can kind of expect that to happen. But, but again, you know, <laughs> you know, like imagine you, you're 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 jazzed up to go on a flight to or you're you're jazzed up to travel to go visit family for the holidays. And then you run into the usual, if not more aggravated round robin of hurry up and wait. Your flight's delayed, 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 delayed. Oh, by the way, your flight's canceled. And so, <laughs> and then you run into like, well, when's it going to open again next time? And then they just give you like the shoulder shrug because they themselves don't know. Well, yeah. And think about like before they would, oh, hey, your plane's delayed and it's the last flight of the night or it's canceled because of weather in Chicago type thing. And Okay, well, they used to give you a voucher to go to the, the closest hotel and get a room for the night and come back and get the first flight out in the morning. But their airlines are hurting. They don't got extra money for that. So you're like, oh, yeah, sorry, your flight's canceled. Cool. Can I get that hotel voucher? What hotel voucher? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but good luck. You know, we'll see you at uh, 7 a.m. for the next flight. Right. So um, there's that, that's actually a thing from the Department of Transportation that kind of covers your rights as a passenger. Um, for certain events that happen because of an airline. Like when the flight's delayed, it's kind of on the airlines if they want to accommodate you or not. And this is from the Department of Transportation. Uh, we can link this, uh, when this when this episode posts. But when it's delayed so many times, you know, it's kind of understood that this may happen because if they, if you, the airline company get pegged for every single time there's a delay, well, you would just never make money. But... But uh, say like it gets to like a severe delay. Um, you have you have a right as a passenger to you know like to certain accommodations, right? That be either can I get a voucher for the next flight? Uh, can you guys put me on the next one? Can I get a hotel? <clears throat> and that's more along the the privileges, I guess, of the airlines. But if a flight's canceled. Like just flat out canceled, you according to the Department of Transportation, you as the passenger have the right to get a refund. Now, I've seen many occasions where they'll try to swing it where they won't. They'll fight you on it. Yeah. But for the but for the most part, if an airline cancels a flight, they're like on it quick to like either get you on another flight or get you on another airlines or just like. Or they'll give you a voucher for another flight some some other time and day. Yeah, or hey, we can't. You were supposed to go through here to here, but 
we can't get you there. So now we we can send you to Atlanta and then Atlanta up to, to J, uh, JFK or whatever, you know what I mean? In New York, like when you were originally supposed to go through, uh, Chicago over mm-hmm. or, or Minneapolis over, you know? Right. So yeah, your flight day got four or five hours longer, but at least you're still moving, I guess. Right. And if any airline companies like any aviation industry, they will fight tooth and nail to fight through the delays. I mean, how many times have we have said it where the weather could just be trash outside and they'll do everything possible to not cancel that flight. Like yep. it could be, it could be a, a, a hail torn, hail tornado. <laughs> a sharknado. Could be a sharknado. A sharknado. There's a, holy shit, a sharknado. All right, everyone just sit or, uh, stand by. Like, you know, for a fact, it's not going to go anywhere, but they'll fight tooth and nail to like not have to put that cancellation on their report or have to cancel the flight and then have to reimburse all those passengers. They will sit there forever until. So I wonder if it'll be like some companies do where during the holiday season. Right. So they know there's going to be more people traveling at that time and this and that. But the weather at that time of year in much of the country could be pretty pretty rough due to snow and ice storms and whatever else. So I wonder if they have something in there, you know, t- uh, passengers are entitled to refund vouchers, whatever the case may be for canceled, delayed flights, um, except for these blackout dates type thing, which are Thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, through through Christmas or New Year's. You know I, I, mean? would ev- I would adventure the vouchers, yes, um, because that's how they kind of game you on it. And which is another thing like the Department of Transportation brings up is like if you get a voucher from the airline companies for reason X, uh, always like ask on the spot, like, is there limitations to this voucher? Is there like uh, a seat arrangement uh, restriction? Is there a blackout date? Stuff like that, because you probably have paid for like, I don't know, uh, Economy Plus or the extra legroom seat. They give your flight gets canceled. They give you a voucher. And then now you're at the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah, you're packed in there with no extra leg room, whatever else. I'm like, well, just be thankful you got on the on another plane. You're like, I mean, I am, but like, I paid for this and I'm only getting this. So can I get back the difference of what my economy to economy plus ticket would would have been? Right. You know. And I guess or, nowadays, and I guess nowadays they have like a less than economy uh, prices. Like there's a like there's economy, there's economy plus. And there's one just below economy. I can't remember what the, what the name of it is, but it's like. Yeah, it's called cattle car. <laughs> Stuffed in like cattle heading to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> you, you know, I've always wondered like how certain um, places, like how they actually butcher the cattle, like while they're still alive. And I'm, I'm used to like the olden days where like some guy has a, a, a handgun and just points it at the, at the dome and lets him rip. But. um. I can't remember where it was. This was actually a butcher shop in Ohio. And they got like this whole like guillotine contraption that fits over its neck. And they got like this uh, one button actuator thing. It looks like a, like a cartridge gun. Like the stuff you would na- uh, use for explosive nails on carpentry floors or masonry yep. floors. Yeah. And they just put it at its dome and press the button and dip do- down it goes. And like, Holy shit. Yeah, that's how that's how most most butcher shops are. And talking about my homeland, I mean that's where I grew up doing it too, there in uh, western Pennsylvania. 
But yeah, that's how you would take them down. You, it was like a shotgun shell cartridge you would put in this gun, and it kind of had a, a rail spike, and you'd pull the trigger and bang, and it would punch that spike straight into the dome. It was a, kind of a quick pow, and it wouldn't like put a hole in the cow's skull. What it would uh, the cow's skull? What it would do is it would crush the skull right there and send the fragments into the brain. It kills it instantly. Well, ninety-eight percent of the time, it kills it instantly. The rest of it's a uh, Oh God, oh God, while the animal's writhing in agony while you're reloading the next cartridge. But uh yeah, that, you know, it's you know, just happens that way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. But then, and then you hear stories of like how they used to do it, like way back. Like they'll they would tie the animal down and then there'll just be one brave person with a hammer and just like sit on it and then just like pray that and hit that exact same spot on the on that animal's head. Would just pray like that one swift swing will be the one to put it down. But if it doesn't, you know, now it's mad and you got to try to do it while it's trying to kick you off. Well, a lot of the times what they would do is they would bled, you know, they'd bled, bled the animal out, bleed it out, essentially. Mm-hmm. Hit a main artery and let it let it bleed out. Because what you don't want is the animal uh, convulsing a lot or moving around a lot before it passes because the muscle i.e. meat gets real not tender ah makes sense yeah so like the the wagyu beef and all that right those those calves and stuff and the and the filet mignon you know they keep the calves in like <clears throat> dog boxes essentially but they kind of chain them down so they can't walk so that meat never gets and they feed them high fat so that meat's super tender and soft but it never gets a chance to be worked huh yeah, kind of really terrible from an animal animal rights aspect side of it, but uh, but for uh, high quality meat, that's that's one of the ways they kind of do it. Ah, that makes so much sense. Dang. But anyways, back to the traveling. <laughs> <laughs> back to traveling. <laughs> so we were talking about the money and the vouchers and like, do airlines will they have it for this year? Are they going to do away with it because of reduced funds? So it kind of ties into this one section here of the uh, government accountability uh, paper. Now, this excuse me report is from November 9th of 2021. So, so pretty current. Yeah, very current. Uh, so Congress and the aviation industry took a number of actions in response to this downturn. For example, roughly 100 billion in various types of federal relief funding was provided to help the industry offset economic disruptions. Industry stakeholders we spoke with told us the uh, told us this allowed them to keep staff employed, continue flight operations that otherwise may have ceased, and avoid bankruptcy. At the time, uh, at the same time, the industry took steps to cut costs by offering voluntary early retirement employees, voluntary unpaid leave, and freezing non-essential hiring among among other steps. In some cases, airlines also reduced flight frequencies and the number of airports served. Ooh, that that so, last one got me. Yeah, the number of airports served. The one that the one that stuck out to me was, uh, well, they're offering voluntary early retirement. So somebody's right there at, let's say, you know, almost thirty years or almost forty years or whatever else, and they're saying, "Hey, why don't you just uh, step out early?" And I know only, not only the aviation industry did that; many, many industries did that. Um, so hey, you know, you're right there. Why don't you just? Uh, just just take a knee on us you know what i mean yeah because you think about it, if that employee's been around there for that long they're probably making 
a decent salary at that point or hourly mm-hmm. wage, whatever the case is. And their and their benefits are probably up there and their 401k has probably been maxed out for a while. And, you know, medical that the company's paying and all the other stuff. So they said, Hey, if we get rid of them, man, we're saving, let's say the guy was making 120 a year or whatever guy or gal, whoever the person is. But, um, they said, man, we're that's 120 we can save and we'll bring in somebody at just above, you know, minimum wage to do that job now. Right. Yeah, there'll be some attrition. It won't be as smooth and that for a while, but but we can teach them and pay them less. Yeah. So, you know, you brought up a very interesting point and it kind of it reminds me of this business analytic that I was reading some time ago. It's they were saying something along the lines. Well, the question was, is why don't we just hire more people, you know, to help out do the extra work? And the reasoning was it was because it's cheaper to pay someone overtime than it is to hire a brand new person. And like, say what now? Like I was actually trying to figure it out. Like that made that at the time it made no sense. And then I read along and it says, it's like, well, think about it. Um, you got one person and you just pay him the overtime rate. That's all you're paying. Just paying your, everything else is already done. You're just increasing his wage for that period of time. Versus like, if you hire someone brand new or you hire someone else, you got to pay their wage. You got to pay their benefits. You got to pay their, um, their everything else. And so like it all adds up over time, uh, adds up at the more you bring in instead of just like taking the, the pool you got now and then just paying them overtime. And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense now. Like no wonder why. <laughs> well, and also think about the time it would take to train those new people versus just paying. It might take, two or three new people to do the job of the seasoned seasoned veteran, so to speak. Um, so you say, man, I got to bring these people and pay all three of them and then waste additional time on training them to do the job that this guy can already do by himself. So let's just, let's just, Hey, how about some OT for you, friend? Yeah. All right. You know, holidays are coming up. I could use a little extra cash. So then that's what they do at, but at the risk of burning out that one individual. Very, very big risk. Very big risk. Because, you know, like you're you're most of us in this industry and some others, you've been working toward you've been working the holiday time well before the actual holidays show up. Right. It's because you you know, you're expecting. Well, to a certain degree, you're expecting that big rush or that big shutdown to happen. Because some industries like they shut down for the holidays. So what they try to do, they try to crank out everything before that holiday hits or vice versa you holiday is your biggest rush so you try to like crank out as much as you can so the day of or the week of you're still working long but at least you're not working from scratch right so i mean yeah i mean you know there's there's and and maybe one of the ways you could do is to say hey during the holiday season we're going to bring in one person to shadow this individual Mm-hmm. And if they do well, maybe we keep it. At least we have two people uh, that can offset one another. So if one person gets sick, the other one can can take the role and pick up the mantle and run with it. And we don't skip a beat on that point. And two, we are also sort of training the potential replacement of the seasoned guy. Now, I don't mean that in like, hey, we're going to train this new person up to do this guy's job. And then we're going to ax the old person. Uh, because they're making too much and we can do have this person do it for less. And in some cases that's probably true, 
Um, I would hope they would look at it from a from a you know not a one single point of fail type type issue. But you could also say, hey, if we bring this person now, and we know so and so has got five years left until retirement, so let's get them five years of working day in and day out with this individual and learning all the steps and getting them spooled up. So when so-and-so retires, we're just screaming right along. Right. It's, it's all it is. It's just changing the name on the, on the roster or something like that. But you would have to make it known right up front that, Hey, this isn't your replacement. Like we're not like, well, in some cases, the early voluntary retirement, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, we want to offer this to you, but we got nobody who can do your job. So we're going to bring in this person and then offer you early retirement. I think they'd still be willing to go, oh, okay, cool. I, at least, at least I'm getting my retirement. Right. You're yeah. not just, you're not just going, you know, with the ages and say, you make too much. We don't want to pay you that much. So we've hired your replacement at a much cheaper wage and then you're going to be gone. Right. Or uh, this happened a lot, especially when the pandemic first initially kicked off with the layoffs, they just said like, well, who do we have here that, it's not going to help us maintain our revenue. Uh, these brand new guys are obviously costing too much. And these older individuals, they're about to retire anyway. So let's just ask these ones and let's ask these ones. Right. And then some places, man, they lost as much as a hundred, like a good thousand, maybe more, depending on how big the it company was. And then, you know, when those get, when you just tell them right off the bat, like, Hey, by the way, layoff. I'm like, they're going to start talking to all their friends and then all the ones in the middle who you wanted to retain are the ones that are going to leave too, because they saw how you treated them on the way out. Yeah, man, that's, that sucks. <laughs> you <laughs> that know, does, I mean, that but that's unfortunately in many cases, it's just the, it's just how business businesses don't look at it from a personnel aspect. They look at it from dollar signs, right? Right. Obviously dollars is what makes the, the company, continue forward but still right now now as far as like the actual traveling is concerned i mean the number one thing right now is flying because it's the more time efficient use of travel but there's also well, like yeah the so if you're like most of us that live on the west coast uh you're probably not from here originally right. um it's like a it's like california specifically it's like a transient state hey where are you from oh yeah midwest or or northwest or Southeast or north, you know what I mean? Just you're you're not from here, and if you are from here, your parents weren't. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, especially from from my instance, uh, and I know you too, but you're traveling. You travel the other direction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you only get so much time off of work at the holidays, and for much of the, at least, uh, contracting side of aviation, you have off like two weeks around a week to two weeks off around the Christmas time frame, depending on how the year falls or whatever else. But, um, that's oftentimes when a lot of people will fly home once the holidays and two, it's a, it's an extended time off that you don't have to take any extra of your own personal time off days. So for me, the fastest way to get back to the East is to fly. Cause otherwise I would have to burn up two or three days of, of vacation, just of that vacation, just driving. And that's not like, Oh, I drive six or seven hours a day. That's like hard 12 hour driving days or more, mm -hmm. you know, 12 to 14 hour driving days, which are long days. Yeah. So you know it, it, it only makes sense to drive. Now 
and in many cases it's even what you would pay in fuel you'd probably probably pay just the same amount in the airline just less time so i i don't know i have to i haven't looked up tickets and prices in a while but it would be it would be interesting to see the cost difference but again for me it's all about the time like Mm -hmm. man that's instead of taking one day and using it as just say traveling right right one day or two days out of that two-week period of traveling one going there and one coming back whereas that one would be like almost a week of traveling and one week at your destination yeah yeah and and let, let's say with even with the driving on by via by your car you're you're or on the roads right that's gonna happen anyway because like some people they're within driving distance like it's not uh practical for them to fly or or the nearest airport is too far away whatever the case may be so there's gonna be people on the road as well and the the risk is just as high because everyone is trying to get to point get from point a to point b at a optimal time frame people are trying yeah. to fly from one place to another an optimal time frame and so there's gonna be a lot of congestion on both ways both at the airport because of technical and manpower reasons and then you got uh guys on the freeway <laughs> who are co- who are compacted together because they're just trying to make good on their on their travel time but so they have enough quality yeah, time of where they're jockeying for position on the freeway right everybody's traveling at 70 but you get those few people that keep bobbing and weaving out of traffic trying to get there 30 seconds faster than the guy behind them and uh it's just kind of that boogity boogie boogity 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 let's go racing type type thing yeah uh, the ones that the ones that make me laugh the most is when like someone like cuts you off like flat out just like zoom pass and cuts you off and they and they all meet up at the stoplight <laughs> yeah they cut you off everybody slams on the brakes and you get up there and you're sitting at the red night light next to him just looking over at him was it worth it though was it worth <laughs> almost causing a fucking 15 car pile up yeah Oh, speaking of that, like the other day, um, I was driving to um to Costco, and there was like this big um stop, like um, there was almost like a a good mile and a half stop from on both directions. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I just see dust like all over the place. I thought it was a fire, but it was actually a medevac uh, helicopter coming in to land because I guess there was such a big um accident pile up that they had to have the medevac the the victim out or the casualty out i'm uh-huh. like holy shit man it's like not even the holiday week yet and we're already getting wild uh medevacs like that so that's a good point uh you know we're talking about you know traveling for the holidays and air travel for everyone listening uh be safe don't let your air travel be the medevac helicopter <laughs> this holiday season <laughs> Yes, let it be on don't. one of the airlines or whatever, or a private jet or whatever you're doing. Don't let it be a medevac. Yes, absolutely. You know? Like, like, hey, did you travel this holiday? In fact, I did. From where? From the scene of the crash to the hospital, friend. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, holy shit! That reminds yeah, me of this. Bro- come back over the holidays. Oh, I flew in a uh, private helicopter. You did what? What? You and I have the same job. How'd you afford that? Well, you see, all you have to do is jerk the wheel into a bridge embankment and. uh then one just randomly shows up to pick you up. It's crazy. Right. May not be to the destination you want, but hey, you got to ride on a private aircraft. But you got to ride on a private helicopter. <laughs> that, that reminds me of this uh, one Ron White joke where he goes like, 
like, uh, hey, do you think we'll make it? Like, yeah, we got just enough oil to make it to the scene of the crash. <laughs> yeah. I, we'll, we'll beat the emergency team by a solid hour, I swear. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, that's a positive way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's the, that's the dangerous side of it. And there's always dangerous to it, no matter which way you travel. But all I guess I can say for a lot of people is just, uh, look, we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to get to where we want to be. Just be as pleasant and decent as possible. And flights get delayed, you know, try not to take it out on the, uh, on the flight attendants or the, uh, um, you know, the, the hostesses running the, running the desk or whatever else, not their fault. They don't control the weather. None of them are mother nature. None of them are the maintenance team, you know? So yeah, just, just be personable. Yeah. And especially with like the, like the front desk counter people, they have no idea what maintenance is. I'm like, like they radio down to us and like, Hey, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, it's going to be a while. And then they ask why or how. And like, we already understand that they're, they're being pestered by, or they're being berated by a customer. So when we try to break it down as simple as possible, it's not that easy to do. And then especially for someone to relay that exact knowledge of information to a customer who's already high strung, it's not going to, it's not going to end well. And there's going to be a lot of infighting. So please just, just to, if, it, if it gets delayed or canceled for whatever reason, just, just try to understand like they're doing the best they can to make it happen. Cause they don't want you to leave either. <laughs> like you getting on this flight and departing and arriving safely is how they get their pay so it's how they get money yeah and they want a returning customer i've even been in the airport before in the past where you know people are complaining oh we're we're delayed because of maintenance um you know and i was overhearing the uh attendant talking to one of the passengers and they were like well what's going on well they said something with the brakes what do you mean something with the brakes is the brakes okay are they they going to be able to fix them we're going to we're going to be able to land it i was like well yeah, you know, she's like, that's why they're they're fixing it. They're doing it as fast as they can, but they have their own regulations and stuff. And so, guy was kind of, oh, this is ridiculous, this and that. And he's like, I, you know, shouldn't take that long to change brakes. So I, I literally sat there and explained to him, start to finish the process for changing brakes on an aircraft. Yeah, and he was he's like, like it. it looked like I just blew his mind. He was like, oh, that's a, that's quite in depth. I was like, yeah, it's not not just like on your car where you just pop the wheel off push the pucks back, slide the new pads and go. There's a whole process and procedures that goes with this. Right. And then you got to test it too. You know, that, that's yeah, you not gotta test it. Yeah. Service wheel, inspect the area, make sure there's no damage. Bleed the system. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all the paperwork. And that's what I was trying <laughs> to explain to the guy. I was like, Hey, look, all, everything you do on this also has to be documented appropriately in mm-hmm. triplicates in many cases. Yes. And I was like, so, so right now there's two or three guys swapping the brakes on this thing. Meanwhile, their leads in the, in the office trying to pound out paperwork as fast as he can, you know, cause those, he knows those guys are going to finish the, the actual work side of it faster and he's going to finish the paperwork. Yep. Man, that's crazy. I can't believe it's this and that. Well, well, would you, would you rather be a uh, well done and well documented or some slack jaw out there taping things together? Like, I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, well, it wouldn't. It? You put it like that. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot to it. So again, like they don't want you to have your flight delayed or canceled as much as possible because that's how they get their money. So when, when they're, when they string you along 
that's them really trying to make the effort happen because they want you to leave safely. It's not because they're just as as yeah. much as it may feel like they're not doing it just to fuck with you. If they would, yeah. they would have. Well, I'm saying it's not the maintainers either going getting paid by the maintenance job they do. Hell, the guys who work the line, the most they ho- hope to do during a day is maybe change a wheel for a worn tire or just engine servicing. They they don't right. really want to do anything crazy on the line when they know they got a deadline and a schedule to meet and uh, every, every minute they're delayed delays the next one coming and going. So it just mm-hmm. backs up the system nationwide. They, they know that they don't, they're not like, man, I hope something breaks. So I get paid today. That's not the case. No, absolutely not. Uh, on that note, everybody make sure you have a plan to travel. If, if you need be like, start planning your, your, your trip a day or a couple of days in advance, like plan for the worst is pretty much what we're trying to say. Cause uh, like everything that, that is planned, shit goes wrong. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, hit us up, let us know where you guys are going on. Hit us up on social media. Let us know where you guys are traveling if you want to, or if it's not, if you feel like it's not going to give away too much personal information about yourself, but let us know where you're traveling to this holiday season. Yeah. Or Be what curious you guys to rec- know. Yeah. What you guys recommend we travel to as well. Stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, What's the favorite uh, Thanksgiving food of an of an of a aircraft mechanic? Let us know what your favorite is in the social medias as well. Ooh, that's a good one too. Is it the jet fuel flavored potatoes? <laughs> is it the grease infused turkey? <laughs> <laughs> right, or like is the, it the nuts like, and bolts stuffing? Mm. Mm. Or like the 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 carbon the carbon covered sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Do you cook your turkeys in the exhaust of your of your jet engine? That brings a whole new meaning to a smoked turkey, huh? Great. <laughs> uh, What's the cook time on your smoked turkey? Uh, it was about 30 seconds at max power. Oh, okay, right on. <laughs> Tastes like fuel. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, it does. Good for your antibodies. Mm. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, safe travels, everyone, and have a good half of holidays. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Frushauer, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you next time.